Hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Intentional Sounding. What makes it special? Well, you'll have to wait another minute when I explain it. I'm your host, Drawplay Dave Rapocio, and with me as always is Sam the Worst, spelled W-U-R-S-T, Grezis. It's funny because the worst is actually the best. You know, assuming it's a good one. Anyway... So why this is a special episode is, let me give you a little bit of backstory. We have an interesting new guest, new new experience, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Draw Play is going international this week. So back, uh, early, early-ish in the season, I can't remember exactly when, I wasn't going to be able to make a comic for something. I called out for guest comics, um, and this individual answered the call and sent me in little guest comic that i put up and then we did another guest comic like like a week later that he also made with like a little help of my input and he's sent me in another one since and at the time we floated the idea of him coming on the podcast because he is from germany and i was kind of curious what it would be like to hear the perspective of someone who's overseas uh at the time it was the season didn't really have good wasn't really a good fit during the season because that's when we make fun of football games and stuff like that but i figured it was good off-season mingling content when we're just stretching for anything to talk about so he hit me up right after the season ended, and we decided to make this happen. So I would like to welcome to the show Leon Hafner. Wunderschönen guten Abend, meine Herren. Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Got our first Thank German you lesson so there. much. Yes, for sure. Thank yeah, you so much for coming on the very show. Very happy to because be here. If you guys, if you guys don't know, me and I am recording this at seven p.m. my time. Sam is at eight. Nine uh, or was nine, it actually. nine p.m. Yeah. his time. Leon is at four o'clock in the morning. Yep, and if he you, woke up for us. So if you if you put this all together and and you realize like like I have when I learned about this, you know, before we started recording, it's it's nine p.m. my time, right? It's seven p.m. West Coast time. Mm-hmm. It is uh ten p.m. on the East Coast. When do football games usually happen, Dave? <laughs> football games normally happen, you know, for me, 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Or or if it's, you know, Thursday or, or Monday or, or Sunday. Oh, then it's, then it's like 5.30. Yeah, it's 5. Yeah, sure. It's 5.30. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, if you are a football fan in Germany... Right. You. The first thing you have to know is that you are going to be staying, either waking up very early or staying up very, very late. And that's actually kind of something that the the first thing that I kind of wanted to ask you, uh, Leon, because the thing that hold on, hold on, I oh, am yeah, going go ahead. I'm to sorry. executive stamp, put my foot down on that one. We can get to that in a second. Okay. The first question I want to ask you, Leon, is the most important question of all, and a question I ask all new guests, and that is, where were you when you first saw Janet Jackson's boob? Wow. Uh, Probably somewhere in my room, and I watched it on YouTube because I did not watch that life. That was um, before my football career started and before I started um, watching the NFL. Sure. That makes sense. It does. What did you think about that? 
<laughs> were, were you just, well, were you just tuning in to see what happened? <laughs> uh, excuse me? Were you just tuning in to see what the fuss was about? Yeah, probably. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, Sam, now we can ask your important question. Well, what I was going to say is that, like, over over here uh, in, in the United States and, you know, in Canada as well, there's this whole... Um, cult or culture and uh and routine uh around going like if you are a soccer fan in uh in north america there's a tradition around like waking up very early in the morning um on weekends usually saturday well not very early but like you know six uh getting to an irish pub or you know some sort of english pub some sort of soccer pub uh, with your friends, you know, ordering lots of food, ordering import beers from Europe, and just kind of watching, you know, the Premier League or whatever kind of soccer you want to, uh, whatever kind of soccer you're a fan of, the Bundesliga, Serie A, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering, like, because that was when you said that you were a, a football fan from Germany. That was the first thing that I thought of. I was, I was kind of wondering if there was... Something like, yeah, you stay up way late, you go to, uh, and, and like an American themed bar that, you know, mm-hmm. gets like import Bud, import Bud Light, um, <laughs> and you just, yeah, and you kind of like immerse yourself in, in that for a little bit in, in a similar way that, uh, that we try to do that when we watch, you know, more European sports. Yeah, so what we do, um, me and my friends, is um, we we gather around one of uh, uh, our friends' home. Usually, it's, uh-huh. it's me or a friend of mine, and then we we just watch uh, the games. Um, it's nothing more than that. Okay. Uh, we have been very lucky because, as of three years in. Uh, ago we um in germany are able to watch two games on sunday on free tv oh nice on uh, german television and since uh that has happened there actually has been kind of a football boom in germany and that's pretty cool wow but we don't we don't really go to to a pub because we we can enjoy watching from home sure I mean that makes. But but uh, what we do on Thanksgiving, which is uh, really cool, we um, gather around Thanksgiving and uh, cook some nice Thanksgiving meals and then watch football. That's that's pretty cool. That's oh, that's awesome. You guys actually have Thanksgiving, or are no, you just no, kind of making fun no. of us? Just we. Well, we have we have Antedankfest, but that's uh, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's super cool. That's 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 super good to good to know. I um I I I don't know. I just I I I won. It's really cool that the that there is more accessibility in Europe to American football cuz the only my only experience with that was the EFL. And the EFL was and the only reason I knew that was cuz they put the teams in like one of the Madden games, like Madden 08 or something. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And you could just... NFL Europe? Yeah, yeah, NFL Europe. Right, yes, yes, NFL Europe. Um, 
and I was just since that since that kind of phased out, the only connection that I kind of knew of was the London games. And in doing research before the podcast, I actually found that there's there is still kind of there are club leagues for for American football. There is also a top tier like pro league that's called the Big Six European Football League. And I was mm-hmm. kind of yeah, I was I was wondering is is there like I mean is that at all like popular over there? Is it? I I mean, don't, I'm mm. I'm sure not compared to like you know soccer or know, exactly like it's a niche sports, sport. But... Yeah, okay. So if okay. you if you compare soccer to football here in Germany, uh, I guess we have uh, about fifty thousand active players who who play mm-hmm. American football, and we have I don't know like two million. <laughs> Yeah. Active players that play play soccer. Sure. Okay. That makes a certain amount of sense. But but um, when you look at uh, the growth rates, American football is actually the the biggest growing sport in in Germany. Wow. By far. Wow. So um, I I always said um, that in Germany we have around two hundred football clubs, and um, now we have like three hundred and fifty. And that is over a span of like four years, five years. There have been 150 new clubs. Right. I'm, I, I remember hearing a while ago that um, I, I can't remember where I read it. It was probably back when NFL Europe was still a thing. I remember hearing that Germany was like the one country that really took to it more than like France or the UK did. So I was always kind of curious if Germany is still like the big hub of American football in Europe because they're trying to push Europe, they're trying to push the UK but I always heard it was mm-hmm. Germany but I wasn't sure how true that was. Yeah, I would say that Germany has the best teams in in um, Europe and all also the the best structure for for teams. So they they are the uh best when it's when it comes to to organization and um, just having a, a solid team and, and a good team and a competitive team. I, so um, I, w- I was curious. I was when we were talking a little bit before the podcast. You mentioned how sports at least kind of works differently for you than it does for us. You guys don't have an NCAA, which <laughs> no, we I consider a net positive. Because it's, the NCAA yeah, is evil yeah. and awful. It's very it, good. It, like, you guys don't really have, like, the sports scholarship situation. You have these clubs. No. Yeah. Can you, can you just kind of, like, go into detail, like, how, like, you become, like, a football player in Europe? Because, yeah. like, I, I didn't know any of this. Or, or a uh, professional athlete in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's so, the same uh, thing with... with soccer or really any other professional sport yeah. as well there that kind of uh relegation and promotion thing is across sports in europe mm-hmm. so uh here in europe we don't have high school sports there's high school sports but it's not important nobody gives a crap about it <laughs> and, god that's uh, so different <laughs> no no friday night lights over in over in yeah Germany. absolutely not absolutely not um, instead, you are a member of a sports club that you um, pay a member fee for, 
and everybody has to pay a member fee, a member fee for that, even the children. And then you are a member of that club and you play the certain sport for that club. And if you're good, you get scouted and um, then you go from there. And that's that. So is there, you, is like the club kind of like the minor leagues more or less? Like if you get pulled up from yeah. the club, is is that like the pros or is there a step above that as well? No, you could you could uh, say that, that kind of like um, the, the minor leagues. Okay. And I mean, if, if you're lucky, you, you get uh, scouted at a young age and then you play for a big club like Bayern Munich at the age, from, from the age of, you know, 10 to, to when you go to the Bundesliga. That can happen too mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the big clubs have uh, youth teams too. But uh, most of the time it's like uh, you play for your, for your home team, your home town. And then you, if you're good, you get scouted, and uh, then you um, move to to a better team. You can you can also hear these stories. It, it mostly happens in soccer, and it doesn't last very long. Of of these like pub clubs, right? That are just like a bunch of people with day jobs who go mm-hmm. on a, who go on an absolute tear, just playing playing whatever sport. Usually, it's soccer. <laughs> And then they somehow find themselves like in, you know, like in the the Champions League or in like Bundesliga or whatever, just for like one brief shining moment before every yep. everyone else just knocks them back down. Um, yep. and, and like that is just I wish I wish that ha- that was a worldwide thing across every sport. I w- can you imagine if like. Because the way it works in in the U.S., I mean, and most of our listeners probably are from the U.S., so they know, like, if you want to play a sport, you pay a membership fee, but that membership fee is for, like, one season, and you're not really just, you're not connected to the, the team, it's just, but like, pretty much a bunch of random people who sign up through the, uh, a specific company and there are it's tons it's of not really to be like a professional it's more yeah like recreation it's yeah. like i want mm-hmm. something to do on saturdays so yeah. i'm just going to sign up to be part of this street hockey team well it's and pure, then we'll just it's, meet it's purely recreational right it like yeah. it, there's no there's no there are there are no scouts right not even for for the best ones it's like there's no <laughs> there is no chance Whereas, like, a, a more European system, like, yeah, you know, that, that summer futsal league you're playing in or, or whatever, that summer field hockey team you're playing in, if you're good enough and if you pay your dues, like, maybe someone notices you and, like, puts you on, I don't know, like an arena hockey team, whatever. <laughs> having having I that mean, all, kind of What's really important here is that Europe doesn't have an NCAA. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And it's de and it's like decentralized too in this in this really cool way where it's like, you know, you can just start that kind of that football club with your friends and then and before you know yeah. it, you've got a you got a rivalry across like across town. It's like super cool. Exactly. So, that's that's how, how most of the, the, the um new football clubs mm-hmm. uh actually were founded. Just just a a bunch of friends who wanted to play football their their city or you know where they're from don't uh, have a football team so they they just found a football team <laughs> just decided so, to make one 
Yeah, exactly. It sounds like a great, like, drunken idea that turned into a sport, you know? It's just like, oh, guys, I'm bored. Let's go smash into each other at 20 miles an hour. Let's do it. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Anyway, why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, personal story, like, coming up with the clubs? Like, how did you get into football? How did you end up where you currently are? Where are you currently? Like, give us your yeah. sports biography. So, um, when I was 13, I guess, I had a friend who recently uh, started playing flag football. He told me about it. I got excited about it. Um, visited my first practice and got hooked ever since, I guess. And then um, I started playing for my hometown, which is Aschaffenburg, the, the city I grew up in. Uh, played a few seasons for the Stallions. Then um, I had to, or no, I didn't have to. I went to college. And, uh, <laughs> I had to go to college. <laughs> um, because of that, I moved to, to Bayreuth. Didn't uh, play for Bayreuth because <clears throat> the team is kind of crappy. <laughs> I played, uh, instead of that, I played for the Grafenberg Griffins. Um, then I had, uh, in 2015, I had a six-month internship in Cologne. Because that internship wow. was during football season, I decided to play one season for the Cologne Falcons. And when I got back from Cologne, uh, yeah, when I got back to, to Bayreuth, uh, the Griffins actually had to funked, so I had to uh, <laughs> oh. find yet another team. And um, that team is the team I'm playing uh, for right now, the Hof Jokers. So you're you're a journeyman a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, what positions do you play? Uh, so right now I play uh, DB and punter and basically every other specialist position if need be. But I started out playing a receiver, and I have played some quarterback, too. About how many people, like, average into a club? Like, because football, like, professional football teams have mm -hmm. 53 rosters, 53 roster spots, and college teams are even bigger. I'm curious how many people come out for a, uh, a club team. So, uh, we have that rule that you have to have... I think 25 um, people on game day in order to play. Okay. You have to have, I think, 40 if you want to start a season. But uh, fortunately for, for me and fortunately for the Jokers, we have a big roster right now. And uh, the last, last season, we had an average of about 45 people that uh, uh, came to, to, to the game and played. So we're good there. That's that's crazy. That, 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 well, if you, if you think about the amount of club teams, you know, and if if they're all if they all have to start the season with, you know, forty and then twenty five per game, that's pretty staggering to me, at least. Yeah, that's pretty good. So it's you've also told us that you're a Steelers fan. Yeah. So <laughs> how did this happen? How does someone yeah. in middle of Germany end up a Steelers fan? Get get ready for the most random story of how how somebody uh, became a, <laughs> a Steelers fan. So 
again, I was 13, just started playing football, had no idea about the sport, had no idea about the NFL. So what do I do? I go on, uh, on YouTube and... Quick reminder, that's the 2008... Yeah, it's 2008 YouTube. <laughs> ...version of, of YouTube. Yeah. So I just typed in you know, football or I don't know what. and Cool <laughs> football across, place. I, I come across a video of a PV flag football team called the Steelers. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my I God, like, no. I like the video. I like the, the colors they were wearing. No. I typed in Steelers, watched some highlights of the Steelers, and because of that, I became a Steelers fan. That is the that is the best fan awesome, story actually. I think I've ever heard. <laughs> that is cool as hell. That's better than like people who like the Bengals because they like their uniforms. That's yeah. that's a little bit a little more interesting. Like I'm just gonna randomly search football on YouTube. Yeah. And this is this is ha- like that's how fandom was born. That's actually really yeah. cool, and I've never heard a story like that. And and I guess I was super lucky because if I watched, you know, uh, uh, a flag football team named the Browns, I yeah. would have been a Browns fan right <laughs> there now. There you go. Be, well, well, you wouldn't you be might a not have been as interested in American football at this point. <laughs> I was, was going to say, man, I, I don't know if it'd be worth the effort, right? <laughs> Stay up yeah. until four a.m. to watch the Browns game. That actually well, well if oh. if you are a Browns fan, um, that's actually pretty convenient because they do not play night games. They, for example, oh, that's true. Two thousand and in two thousand sixteen season, the only night game they had was a Thursday night, and every other game was the early game. Huh. <laughs> that's that actually makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about it, that. It does so. What times are the games actually on over there? Okay, so um, you have the 1 p.m. game, the 4.30 p.m. game, and the 8.30 p.m. game uh, over mm-hmm. in the U.S., that's, right? That's, that's the East Coast, yeah. Yeah. So for me, that's 7 p.m., uh, 10.30 p.m., and uh, 2.30 a.m. Oof. So primetime games are almost unwatchable if you don't want to see it yeah yeah primetime games are tough the the other the other two are doable ish they are yeah yeah i remember because i i you've probably heard the story and i told this story back when i got back from my honeymoon but i watched week one of the 2016 season in edinburgh Mm -hmm. and it was incredibly bizarre to me to be watching what I always associated as the Sunday afternoon games at 8.30 at night yeah, in, the in a sports slot. bar. Yeah. And I was watching the the late game, like the second game of the doubleheader, and it was ending at midnight. And I'm like, there's still the primetime game, which is the primo game, uh-huh. on wh- how... Like, this is why the fan base... In, in Europe isn't that big like out of all the things that I've ever thought because I I'm sure we've both expressed our opinions that we're a little bit skeptical on whether or not an NFL team in London would work mm-hmm. when I came back from that that was the one thing that kind of told me that it's never going to be more than a interesting niche mm-hmm. kind of the way soccer is here but even soccer has a better chance here it's just the time difference 
you guys have such a difficulty just to watch the average games because over here it's like church. You have you have this it's all Sunday. It's all you do on Sunday. You just sit down, everything like outside, you just grill and you just watch football and drink beer all day long. And you guys it's it's like a primetime TV show and all the premier games that are heavily marketed are the ones you can't really watch because you got work in the morning. The the t- yeah. the the thing though about that is is that yeah yeah it's tough and and yeah I mean it, it sucks to like w- have to wake up Monday morning I, I mean unless you you do the thing and you you know you you decide to just stay up until six a.m. one night like I, I don't know I I my thinking on like American football in Europe has has evolved to be like. I mean, why not just have, you know, yeah, like have the big six and have like these, these club teams and like, let that, let that grow and get big. And then I feel like it would be better if they just kind of had their own thing going instead of trying to force our league into that continent. I, yes, I completely agree with that. And then like, if that happens, if that happens, like and and gets big there could be like this really cool like exhibition game where like i don't know like yeah we can have international bowls yeah Yeah, like the the best team from europe can come over and play like the best team we've got and we just have like a game that doesn't mean anything it'd be like the hall of fame game it's just like it's Mm -hmm. the international game i think that's so much better because i know i'm like as far as i'm concerned the west coast is the best time zone to watch football yeah it's it's pretty sweet 10 o'clock 10 o'clock and then it ends by nine at night it's it's all day yeah i can go to bed at a reasonable hour and i know you get up and watch everything but you're you're still a uh, college student correct yeah exactly and i i will not be able to to do that uh when i when i uh, have a job yeah no yeah i was i'm I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts I would not want to stay up at 2.30 in the morning to watch whatever. And that's why I've always, that's why I always thought, like, we shouldn't be putting a team in London. We should just be trying to support uh, the clubs over there because yeah. Joe, like, college students and people who work, like, weird shifts, they can watch. But, like, Joe Sixpack, or I I guess, what's what would be the German equivalent of Joe Sixpack? Like, Franz Schnitzel? <laughs> I don't that's a good or like uh, i don't know from like the uk it would be like toby scones yeah there you yeah. go to- or, yeah. toby scones. like i don't know like hans Müller. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> seamus potatoes oh my yeah, god from ireland or like ikea way, meatballs way to, way to go stereotypical <laughs> yeah uh list of all the german things i know <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, like, in my mind, there's this really cool future where, like, where it kind of looks like if the MLS here were run better, where you would have, like, players who are maybe, like, aging or at the end of their careers or, like, coming close to the end of their careers here might consider a transfer overseas to to the European leagues to, like, help out a team that might be struggling and then like kind of like what happens with basketball right exactly Mm. what happens with basketball except like ideally the european league is a little bit more you know competitive in that way where like 
you know, you could have these crazy, like, overseas trades and, like, maybe players go out on loan for a season or two. And, like, I don't know. I that. Mm. I mean, obviously the ideal would be to have a league over in Europe that more or less matches the, uh, like, the NFL yeah. in, in, like, ability and prestige, that kind of thing. But I don't see any reason why, like, a level of, like, Canadian or Australian football can't be reached yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely well it all sounds good on paper but uh fact of the matter is that um, you know in, in in europe just soccer is king and yeah. you will not surpass soccer that's that's the end of the argument no, uh, pretty I much mean, that's about, true no that's you that's know establishing true. a very competitive um european league so i don't yeah. i don't think that it's gonna happen in Canada, that's that's hockey. Hockey yeah. is the big thing in Canada, and I I don't know what Australia does. I assume they're also just soccer. Uh, Australia you know, is like it's Australian there, it's, football. Aussie Australian rules football. football. Aussie rules football. Rugby and cricket is, is yeah. Aust- is cricket. Australia. That's yeah. right. Cricket. Yeah. Cricket's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean the the you have all that right but like i don't you know i I don't think that a european league could ever like match just because like it is it is america's pastime like i know baseball is but like no it's it's football it's it's the sport that like it hasn't been baseball for a for a long time it hasn't been baseball for like four decades i mean i mean listen we play we play these crossover games in baseball and a lot of times we get our ass handed to us by like the Japanese national team or like the the Cuban national team or you know whatever. So so you know baseball I, baseball is starting to baseball has slipped it's it's off its throne it's football. Football obviously is starting to have some problems yeah. concerning yeah. health concerns and all that stuff. So I don't think football is on the rise anymore. I think it's starting to decline. Basketball is really coming up. Yeah. Basket. If anything's going to usurp football in the coming decades, it's going to be basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, well, which I, I'm fine with because basketball's fun. Basketball is great, and and in terms of like packaging, packaging the product, and and doing things in a way that kind of makes. I mean, it's weird to say this now that all this NCAA shit is coming out about how like how fucked how how it's somehow even more fucked up than we thought regarding basketball right like yeah they i feel like they at least do it better than football does right like i don't know they have they have the whole g league thing which is which is good and they need to spend more money on that to make it a true developmental league for the nba um you know you don't have to go to college for all four years to get a good draft spot and like and like lie and pretend that you're there to get an education when you're not like (laughs) i i i i appreciate that it's a little bit more forthright that it's a little bit less couched in i mean not that not that i mind all of the like sponsorships and everything in the in the nfl but it it the nfl seems so afraid to offend anybody uh, and it seems so beholden to to the owners and to the sponsors and to what the NFL thinks. Money. It's, yeah, and to money yeah, exactly. and to what it thinks its audience is that it's like that it's gotten boring and stale. 
um I mean, the, maybe not the games, but, like, the, the production of it, everything surrounding the games. Whereas basketball, like, they understand their audience, and they, like, they know how to, like, how to package the game. And, man, the biggest thing for me, right? And I don't know, like, so, Leon, maybe you can, you can uh, like, give me some insight into this from a European perspective. Going to a professional football game in in the United States is one of the like worst live sports experiences you can have when compared with like going to a hockey game or a basketball game or a baseball game. Uh, just because there's like so so many stoppages in play, so many commercial breaks, you can't really see much of anything. It's it's just not comparatively, it's it's not as fun. So, like, do you ever go out, like, in terms of, I know you play, but do you, like, ever go out and, like, watch other club teams play? Does it mean uh, club football teams? Yeah, yeah, like, in terms of, like, the, no, the live experience. No. Okay, yeah. I, because, <laughs> to, be, to, be, to be honest, the, the level of play isn't that good sure. when compared to, to, to NFL so I rather watch, you know, professional football than some, uh, some amateurs. Yeah. And uh, second of all, I have my own game, so I, I don't have the possibility to to watch other games. Right. Okay. I wasn't That's sure true. what the scheduling was like, but yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So here's my next big question: How did you find out about me? <laughs> i have no idea seriously i i don't have uh one, one clue i don't know i guess it's maybe uh, over pleacher report sure. uh, they had your your comics from time to time and then i uh visited the the website but i mean that's uh, i i think i i have been following your since I don't. I think 2012. Mm. So, so I basically I, I, since the beginning. I can't remember. Yeah, the KSK days. Yeah, yeah. 2012 was. I think I, I started. I think 2012 was about when I started it. Yeah. Exactly. So and that's so more or less since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I've I've talked to a few other international fans like who have in the comments and who have emailed me, and I always got the impression that they found my work because they're kind of starved for football-related content mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. media stuff over in Europe. Because one of the things, like, you don't live with is football everywhere. Over here, football is everywhere. Yeah. It's in random commercials. It's on billboards. It's You can't escape football in much the same way I assume you can't escape soccer over there so i was hearing that people were just like well i got nothing to check during the day because we don't have like espn dedicated to football all the time so they found my stuff and it's just like one of the few outlets that they get over there that they can pay attention to yeah that, that sounds about right that's one of I the mean, really for good... me it's yeah for me it's i i read a lot of uh, articles about football and then I mean, your webcomic is probably the only thing 
in that regards that I that I follow. I don't know any other football related uh, comic. I don't think there really is. I think I've got that niche kind of marked down <laughs> because Way artists tend to not be like well, sports. I don't want to do sports. I want to make art. And then huh. sports fans are like, art? What are you doing? Like, ah. <laughs> I want to make do, sports. Like, I, I like sport. I want to, why don't you go outside? Why are you watching films? Like, like why do you do this? It's like, it's just not a world that really overlaps all that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of the few weirdos where it does. And it just kind of worked out. Okay. I uh, I wanted to kind of jump back to, to club football a little bit. I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit on what the what the playing what the American football playing and watching like community is over in Germany. Is it like do you um I mean do you just like do you mostly watch with your team? Do you have like football watching buddies that are on like other teams? I'm I'm wondering what the kind of what mm-hmm. what it's like, you know, the the when you know you and your crew watch the game, like what what the yeah. community is like. So I guess um, most people just watch from their home alone. Okay. There are there are a lot of people who who do not play the sport but just watch it, and then there are a lot of people who I guess watch it um, in groups. And uh, as far as I know, uh, everybody that plays football watches it either alone, then they watch their team, mm-hmm. which which what I do. I, I uh, most of the time I watch the games alone, and then I only watch the Steelers games. Sure. And uh, if if the Steelers are not um, on, I just watch with my uh, football buddies. So I have an interesting question for you. Since you grew up geographically so distant from any sort of interstate rivalries that we deal with, are there teams and fan bases you hate? Mm, well, I do not hate a fan base here in Germany because mm-hmm. um, they're not that intense. Maybe they're just more rational about uh, the, the experience, but uh, I, I maybe as a Steelers fan, I don't like the Ravens. It's just you know. But do natural. you feel like is that? Do you feel like that's because you're obligated to, or maybe because probably, you probably. just want them to die? So <laughs> that's, that's a really good question. Yeah, because yeah, like one no, of the things, like I, a lot of the fan bases I hate are mostly because I have to frequently interact with the mm, dumb mm. fans from that area. Like I have to deal with a lot of dumb Seahawks fans. That kind of yeah. makes me hate the Seahawks fan base. And when you're just so removed where everyone who's a fan has to sort of go out of the way to be a fan, it mm. feels like it'd be an entirely more positive experience where you're going to see like a Patriots fan and be like, oh, hey, another football fan. Whereas I'll see a Patriots fan. I'll be like, hey, that person's a piece of yeah, shit. That's, that's probably more it. That I, For example, if, if I'm on campus and I, I see somebody wearing a, let's say, a Patriots cap and uh, I say, hey, uh, nice seeing another football fan around here. Mm. 
instead of oh well fuck off guys <laughs> no uh and, and that's maybe that's it's more personally uh from me because um i don't really give a damn about fan rivalries because they're stupid <laughs> how how do um average people respond when you tell them that like you're into american football and you play american football do you get like you're kind of weird or is it like do most people generally kind of understand they're just they, not interested they they're generally surprised but in a positive way and that uh when i first started playing football and i was kind of um hesitant to to tell people hey i play football mm -hmm. because i thought that they uh thought that was kind of stupid and why would somebody play football but yeah they, they are in general they are positively surprised when i tell them yeah, that goes kind of along with the fact that you were saying people in Germany seem to, at the very least, if they're not, like, interested enough to, like, you know, watch more than, like, the highlights the next day on, you know, on, on some sports roundup shows that might be playing them. You know, people are at least, you know, kind of accepting of American football as, like, oh, this cool sport that mm -hmm. is is there, you know. Do you have, like, sporting heroes from football? Like, did, obviously you didn't grow up really mm, watching mm, it. Mm, mm. So, like, who's your favorite player? Uh, that would be Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah! Mm -hmm. That's a good pick. Mm -hmm. Good pick. Yeah, but no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm kind of a very old school guy. So uh, one of my favorite players are, like, Don Hudson, uh, Sammy Slingenbow, uh, oh, some historical names. Yeah, exactly. Then you got uh, Jim Thorpe. Yeah, I think yep. was yeah very cool. And you know, yeah, I, I mean, I like I like present day players, but there have been some some really cool players in the past. And you know, and then there's Brett Favre, who was arguably the the funniest guy on the field. <laughs> yeah when he, for, for... when he wasn't doing some some stupid shit yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or you know in the in the locker rooms yeah, technically exactly off the field that. yeah right <laughs> for sure out of uh all your football watching like or like experiencing as a fan i guess like as a player and as a fan of the nfl what are your favorite moments um Probably the first Super Bowl I watched, uh, and that was the 2008 Super Bowl or the 2009 Super Bowl when the Steelers won. Oh, that was your uh, first was, Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah I, w I was so lucky. The first season I, I really followed as a true fan was 2008, and right there the Steelers win. That's amazing. That was a good season to watch. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Sure. And and uh, I guess the most recent uh, game that I absolutely loved was uh, the the Steelers Bengals playoff game. You know which one? Oh my god! Oh, yeah, oh, what, a, what a crazy <laughs> fucking shit show of a game that was. I, I actually, when 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 Landry Jones threw that interception, I turned off the TV, <laughs> went to went to the bathroom. When I was on the toilet, I thought. Oh wait, they have like three timeouts left. Let's just 
I mean, they have a chance, so let's let's just go yeah. Why back not? To the TV. Go, go back to the TV on. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I I s- switch the TV back on, and the Steelers have the ball, and I was like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that was, awesome! That was, you know, roller coaster of emotions right there. I was from the from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs in like that. This I feel like this year's playoffs have kind of been full of that oh jesus don't, right don't, it was a really well i well honestly you could stick them all just in the saints vikings game that's that's yeah. where all of the emotions yeah. were well, yeah yeah for sure for sure i mean, i guess piggybacking off the best sports moment what's the biggest heartbreak wow so football related or uh, fo- please fo- please football related? <laughs> no, no, just just the one that got away in yeah, high yeah, school, just, you know. <laughs> dredge up all your horrifying um, middle school memories for us. Um, yeah, football related, uh, probably some some you know playoff Steelers game they lost. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, you could say that. You know, the most recent loss uh, could be one of those. Well, because you had the Je- you got the you had the Jesse James no catch there. Yeah, that that one uh, comes in mind. Then when they lost against Tim Tebow, that was tough. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh jeez. I forgot. Every once in a while, I remember I remember that game, oh, and it brings man. me so much joy because it was so stupid. <laughs> I, to, yeah. I feel like you can take some solace in the fact that it wasn't only the Steelers, right? It yeah. was not only the Steelers that Tim Tebow beat. Tim Tebow cut a swath through the AFC for one year yeah. somehow. But that, that, so, that game, that game, I think, was a microcosm of uh, Mike Tomlin's uh, coaching tenure uh, in Pittsburgh. I mean, the Steelers do play down to their opponents, and that's what what just happened then I'm there. Yeah, they, they kind of have I mean, for what, their. Whole, would you yeah. take Tim Tebow seriously when he's on the opposite side of the field? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It was, it was, I mean, he's a big dude. <laughs> that's that's true. It was a gigantic he, long con. He, he, he has physical girth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has. That I, I was watching that game with a Steelers fan next to me and just that game was an amazing experience to watch as a neutral because yeah. I'm not like the biggest fan of the Broncos either and I was kind of just riding that Tebow train because even though I didn't think he was good I was just being very entertained by his entire aura that season but sitting next to a Steelers fan because the game started really bad for the Steelers like the yep. Broncos got off to a really quick start and ever and like that she started like putting her head in her hands like I can't believe we're gonna lose to Tim Tebow and then the Steelers came back and it's like yep. okay yep. the embarrassment was just one quarter they got yeah, their crap together yeah, right. oh god what just happened yep yep <laughs> yep I, I remember, same feeling here. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I remember the same thing happening. I was, I was, because I was rooting against Tim Tebow for like, I don't know, man. I was on some high horse, like, oh no, it's not good for the game of football, kind of thing. If like this, uh, I don't know. It was also probably because you know he he was a Florida boy and I'm a Georgia fan, so that that might have had something to do with it too. But like, I remember watching it in 
in Atlanta visiting some family, um, like with everyone rooting against Tim Tebow, just specifically Tim Tebow, not having anything against the Broncos and like the same thing happening. Just this slow realization. <laughs> in retrospect, I kind of wished he hadn't won that game, if only because that's the game that Tim Tebow morons use as yeah. like proof that Tim Tebow is good yeah. and it's not proof. In fact, Tim Tebow sucks, but it's just like, well, he won a playoff game. Well, a lot of bad, bad players have won playoff games. So they use that game. But at the time, I remember watching that laughing my ass off. Probably one of of the top five laugh my ass off in the playoff moments that I can remember. Yeah, and because because it was the first uh, offensive play in overtime... I think that makes it that more hilarious yeah. that he beat the Seathers in that fashion. Just immediately. It was the first offensive play in overtime with like the new overtime rules. Yeah, oh, right. that's right. Exactly. Oh, man, I totally forgot that that was the They, they like put up the graphic and just like, all right, so here's the new overtime rules. You, you, <laughs> just... like, you can't win with a field goal anymore. You have to win with a touchdown. And then Tim Tebow throws a touchdown. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> oh, man. God, God bless the Denver Broncos for giving us some of the most hilarious moments in playoff history. I will never forget. I will never forget the Super Bowl in which the first play from scrimmage was the ball sailing over Peyton Manning's head for a, for a safety. I, that, yeah. th- that is a memory I will take to my grave and be very happy about it. There is a lot of fantastic Broncos in the playoffs moments. They've, they've given us a lot of joy. Even if you hate them, they've given you joy. And if you love them, they've yeah, given you joy. Both both <laughs> ways, for sure. Absolutely. I had Gold I had Tebow. one one last question. Um and it's like it's a simple one. Um, but like to go along with your favorite team, do you have like a favorite current player in the league? Um, I have several because I like sure. different positions. Fair. For example, my favorite receiver right now, obviously, is AB, AB yeah, Antonio Brown. Of course. Uh, favorite favorite punter is Johnny Hacker because he's awesome. Ah, uh, yes, good choice. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Favorite favorite uh, kicker would be Gris, the 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 boss Boswell. Oh man, he's, he's really getting really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope he, he, he will be around the Steelers for many years to come. Sure. And, I don't know, that's about it. That's fair. I mean, I have, I have several players that I really like, but those three are just my, my favorites right now. How does, how do European fans, like, feel about kickers? Because over here, they're kind of like punching bags. Yeah, we goof on them a lot. But when you're coming from a region where kicking is a little bit more important, generally, <laughs> like it, it's it's very interesting to me that you immediately named Antonio Brown, which perfectly fine, completely expected, and then you immediately went to the kicker. Not even mentioning, and I don't think any American fan ever would go to the kickers. Yeah. Before like number five. Well, well, I I'm a punter myself, so I have to represent. So yeah, there you That's go. That. There you go. Represent. Hey, punters are people too. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, maybe they 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 respect the kickers more 
because uh, they they know that they are important but i think uh, they are they are um people who who basically don't don't uh, give a damn about the specialists well you also have the so, whole thing where i mean kickers are more valuable in rugby as well not kickers mm-hmm. but like you 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 kick to score and you kick to yeah. score in rugby as well so like i think that might be a part of it yeah might be might be i mean i again uh speaking from from personal uh, references i i cannot really talk about that because i sure. am a specialist myself yeah. and uh that's i mean i i love the positions i mm-hmm. I, I don't really uh, care what what positions I play on offense or defense, but I really care about <laughs> playing the specialist position. And um, you know, I I uh, I taught myself to 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 long snap just to be a backup long snapper. How that's awesome. How does one teach oneself to long snap? You just do you just do try it? Try and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you just try and if, if you have a good spiral and the ball uh, hits hits the it's a punter in the hands, you you can do it. I'm I'm a ima- I'm just I'm ima- picturing yep. you like in a backyard with like a trash can in the distance. <laughs> oh, hell yeah! Just 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 constantly throwing like you only have one football, so you yeah. long snap <laughs> and maybe you miss, so you'd want you like run like over, grab the yards. football, wander all the way back, and you're and just doing this for hours and i'm i'm both endeared and so sad at my own imagination <laughs> right now <laughs> no I, I mean i guess it was before practice started we we just uh practiced some some long snaps and um improved upon our long snapping performances from practice to practice what's something about punting that you think doesn't get enough credit for how hard it is accuracy and the different types of of uh, punting a football i mean you have your normal spiral punt and uh then you you um get all these new types of punting the football right now for example the the backspin punt that Mm -hmm. um drops on the field and then it gets it, it bounces backwards so um good punters use that when uh you you punt from the no man's land so they punt the ball backwards and or in, in with a uh backspin and it just bounces on the one and instead of going in the end zone it gets down at the two and that's one of the hardest things to do in football to to do that kind of backspin punt i can't do it I'm trying to do it, but it's incredibly hard. Do you have to like kick it off a different side of your foot or anything? I've um, been curious. Yes, and you have to drop it differently than you would normally do uh, with a normal punt. I, I every single time I hear an analyst talk about a, a different kind of punt, it kind of blows my mind. Like I, I remember once I saw this awesome like coffin corner punt that was a weird it wasn't end over end but it was kind of spinning like 
sideways or whatever. And the and the commentator was like, yeah, this punter actually like practices it that way because it's really yep, hard a, to reel in. I guess that's the helicopter punt. Yeah, the helicopter punt. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I would... <coughs> I would say you, you do the helicopter punt if you punt it to the right and mm-hmm. it bounces on the ground and then it bounces to the right uh, sideline. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. If it was a coffin corner punt if he was trying to if I was trying to do that and just get it out of bounds. That's yeah, I, Yeah, again, again incredibly hard if you chank it, it's going to be like a 20-yard yep. punt. <laughs> Um, so only the best of the best can do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I, mm-hmm. I can only do the, the normal punt right now. We we should have an episode I, where we just go deep on punters and, and how please cool do. it can be. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'd be okay I'm, with I'm that. I'm down with just, that. Just go deep diving into punters. Mm-hmm. Just try and find as much out as punters. Because punting is definitely something you don't think about when you're generally watching it and you're not a player. It just, for, when you're seeing it on the field, you just see the ball go back and then the punter kicks it. You're not really looking at how he's kicking it or how he's holding it. The only thing that gets your attention is if he messes it up. It's literally like, oh, how hard can you kick it? And it doesn't work that way. No, I might, it's not. No, I would I would definitely be interested in doing that future idea. There's... So with now with the time winding down here, I did want to just ask, do you have questions for us? Oh, at the moment, uh, no. All right. <laughs> and can't think of one thing. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. I probably should have asked you that before going into the podcast yeah, so maybe. you could have had time to think about it. But that's seriously great. And I do seriously want to thank you for getting up so early uh, being a fan, helping me out with guest comics, and just coming on and just giving us a different perspective for once. It's been a treat. Yeah, thanks Thanks for giving me the chance. I, I really enjoyed that. Even though it's now almost 5 a.m. and I have to uh, wake up in another two hours. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I, I'll try not to hold you too much longer. So the if things, I, The things you do for football, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, the things you do. And in some ways, you're more dedicated than we are. Because I don't want to wake up at 3 in the morning for anything. <laughs> <laughs> and is as we're sending you out, like, is there any way we can like keep track of you, follow you on social media, anything like that? Um, yeah, I got a Twitter handle. Um... I guess it's uh, I'm I'm changing that all the time, but it, right now it's uh, Jesus. Let me just I'm I'm total, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know my Twitter handle. Embarrassing. It's a mystery. <laughs> um, here you go. So the, the Twitter handle is uh, Leon Half spelled L thirty N H A E F. All right. Yeah. And. I remember I could probably find you on my followers list because I remember seeing you follow me once. I was yeah, like, oh, I, it's that yeah. guy. And then yeah. and then I went on with my day. That, that That's my story of you following me on Twitter. Yeah, I, I sent you some, some Christmas uh, happy holiday thingy a while back. <laughs> and you actually yes. responded. You, you liked that tweet. And I was so happy. Well, I'm glad to glad to make your day and it was a pleasure having you on 
So thank you very much. Thank Sam? Yes. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can follow me at Sam Grezeses, S-A-M-G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S-E-S on Twitter and on Twitch and Instagram at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. Dave? I'm Drawplay Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Drawplay Dave, on Facebook at the Drawplay Comic, on Instagram and on Patreon, and of course on the Drawplay.com. Uh, this podcast is now sponsored by Bratwurst, so go out to your local German pub and enjoy it. It's going to be great. And thank you so much again, Leon, and we'll see everybody next week. Bye.